This is the Two Guys Being Dudes podcast with your host, Jared Camden and Jason Adams. Join Jared and Jason, two average guys just being dudes. From MMA to golf, from Big Brother to Fargo, from Fireball to Pappy, they talk it all. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Welcome to episode 5B. <laughs> uh, me and Jason just recorded about 35 minutes. Oh, wait. No, we went. Wow. We went about 45 minutes and it didn't record. So uh, there's a lost episode out there and there was some really good stuff on it. And uh, that's just that's just the game, Jason. That's uh, technical difficulties of the guys being dudes podcast. Uh, that's our first major faux pas because I'm I'm disappointed because you're right. There was some high quality conversation in that first 45 minutes, and I know we're going to try to recreate some of it. Uh, but I uh, think that episode five means that we're halfway to episode ten. Which, if I correct me if I'm wrong, this is happening in Vegas, correct? That's the goal. I think if we've got our timing down correct, we'll be able to arrive to Vegas with the full intentions of bringing all the worlds together in one spot. We're going to have an awesome time of entertainment because we're going to have the uh, Mayweather-Connor fight. We've got the silly, silly bet that we created for ourselves of introducing Dip back into the conversation. How much Dip do we have to put in our mouth? I'm going to try to dip like I used to dip whenever that was 10 years ago. So, so I, I have I have to do the same amount. Yeah, you can't do like a you can't do the little pinch. You got to do the full thing, and you got to smack the can the correct way. Um, and since I want to thank you for allowing us to do the contest in your room, uh, no, 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 this, <laughs> this is some episode five A stuff. I don't like that at all. This is clearly going down in your room. You know when uh, pro athletes review the tape and watch to see where they went wrong? That's what I did in this one. I realized that by leaving the option open so that we could do the contest and you immediately uh, introduced that it would go on in my room, I think it's time that our listeners truly understand that we will be doing this competition in your room uh, to see how much dip we could do before we actually puke. I'm, I'm locking that door. You're not getting in that room with that puke. That puking ass dip. You know what? We'll go down to the lobby. Let's just do it in the lobby of the MGM Tower One. Or we'll just go to the pool. How's that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'll be a great time. That'll be great. And uh, in case anybody hears on my side any audio going crazy over here, that's because I now officially live in Vietnam. Uh, the Ohio State Fair has a helicopter ride where you're allowed to pay money to ride in a helicopter that flies directly over my apartment, then takes you on a nice little bend to the left into the city, then brings you back around, and then flies right directly over my apartment again. So for the past three days, since I just got back from West Virginia, I have heard a helicopter go over my place well over 4,000 times. My cats are shook. I'm shook. Last night I was here, I was like, oh my God, it's happening more, until I realized that it was actually just a train that went by. But in my mind, I'm like, it's a helicopter. Jason, have you ever had this where you're like, just something happens when, where you live and it just drives you absolutely insane like this? Not to that extent, no. I mean, I can see the frustration on your face. Uh, I know that you were extremely happy about your option when you moved down to Grandview. Enjoyed probably the best area in town, I think, to live in. But little did you know that when you were taking a tour of your awesome apartment that you were going to be inundated by helicopter sounds and chatter as uh, as the ohio state fair comes to you uh so no i've never really had that kind of issue all right jason serious subject let's say they get the fireball ride back down with the one piece missing would you rather get on the fireball and trust it one two three four back so no two back so it just goes twice. Right. Or have to drink two half gallons of Fireball. Oh, I'll get on the ride. I'm on that ride in two seconds. <laughs> yeah, I'd get on the ride. I think it's, uh, you know, it's funny. When I was younger, I think I was 16, a friend got, uh, I was working at a restaurant and he decided that he had a friend that could get his jobs at the Ohio State Fair. 
and I was pretty excited about it, right? Uh, he was, as I like to say, he was the smarter of us. Uh, he's the really super 1600 SAT kind of guy, all that kind of stuff. He quit after a day. Uh, I, I should have learned from him because I continued to work. I had my own booth where I sold t-shirts. I kind of did the loud mouth kind of draw people in to get spray painted t-shirts the whole nine yards. But I remember walking in every day and looking at these uh, carnies, putting these rides together. And not once did I ever ride one. Never did the thought go through my head that I should get on one of those machines. And the fact that this horrible accident occurred uh, at the Ohio State Fair, the fact that it didn't happen earlier is the greatest surprise to me. Oh, it's an upset. It's a, it's a definite upset. Um, it, it like the whole fair is just such a scary proposition. Like I I hate to say this, but it's just not the people I want to be around. It's just fat people on scooters and kids. Like that's pretty much when you go there. That's what I'm seeing when I go. And I'm just not a fan of that. Last time I went, I actually went to a professional wrestling match. Um, I think I went with Matt Noblet and Dave Howe to that, and we saw a big pop of pump. Holla if you hear me. And uh, and on the way out, man, it just it's just just not the place you want to be. And there's just scooters after scooters after scooters of people. <laughs> but the rides, like once again, I'm a big Cedar Point guy. Take me to Cedar Point. Get everybody else around away from me. I hate people at Cedar Point. But that's like in a big time. Like, oh, these rides are awesome. Nothing thrills me with getting on something that's like rinky dinky. Like if you're like, hey Jared, you can fly for like fifty bucks. But it's this rinky-dinky airplane. I'm like, no, I've got enough money in my life now. I'm not taking that chance. And that's why the fair, I mean, once again, over two and a half gallons of Fireball, yes, I'm getting back on that thing. But whew, I, in the first place, the, those people shouldn't be on that stuff. Now, I'm, a, I'm from the country, so I would go to county fairs, and I will admit the county fairs have more rinky-dink scary things. So everybody knew at the county fair you don't mess around but the Ohio State Fair I was like okay I guess it's kind of safe the fact that there's people at that fair right now right down from me riding rides banana land to me banana land <laughs> well it's funny that you talk about small county fairs the little town that I grew up in Kentucky we had the tobacco festival uh, that was what our big fair was and so they always had the events where they had to like chop tobacco they had to roll cigars they had to do all those things and then the fair did come to town right they went to a big open lot they set up a ferris wheel and a merry-go-round and and to me the allure was never the rides it was always those stupid dinky prizes right and the little oh, games yeah. that you played on the midway so oh, yeah I had uh, in my possession at one time a mirror. It was probably about 12 inches by 12 inches with Scorpion uh, printed on it. That was one of the prizes I won. I was pretty proud of. I think I was probably eight or nine years old. And then to complement my Scorpion mirror was I also won a Velcro purple wallet that had Mm. Scorpion written on it. And I carried that thing for quite some time too. Nothing in it, of course, because I was so young. But yeah, those fairs were crazy. And it's funny because you kind of alluded to it. The very first time I ever went to the Ohio State Fair, I went and saw professional wrestling. And I saw Hulk Hogan, Body Slam, Big John Studd. And Bobby Heenan dropped the bag of money and it went everywhere. So that's kind of funny that our first and last kind of memories of the Ohio State Fair revolve revolve around uh, professional wrestling. Well, I mean, we can close it out by just saying the most impressive Body Slam ever at the Ohio State Fair is definitely from the Fireball. Now, I want to bring something back up since this is episode. <laughs> okay, I caught that now. Nice. <laughs> oh, man, that's awful. Maybe that yep. should have been in 5A, the lost episode. <laughs> I apologize to our uh, – I don't apologize for anything. Never mind. Now, now what, I, what I'm slightly disappointed is in episode 5A, you gave me some insight that I never knew about you. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Could could you refresh our listeners' memory on the forgotten episode? Tell me about your, I guess, kind of your uh, opportunity as a child that you really took in the fair. It, if you look it up on Wikipedia, it might be there. I don't know, but at the Hartford Fair in 1991, I finished third place in an ATV uh, race. Uh, it was like the age group was like in between like a three or four, uh, age thing. But I made like a, I was in fifth place in the last lap, made some big moves, got up to third place. So here's something I didn't tell you. I, on the top of my helmet, I had taped a Michael Jordan starting lineup, dunking the basketball on your helmet, Swear- on my helmet. 
You were in third and I remember grade. the guy yelled and the, the guy yelled out. He, he was like, "He's got a Bernie Kosar starting lineup on his helmet." And I was like, "Why would you say I, how the fact that I can remember that he said Bernie Kosar is just mind-bending, but yeah, I was in fifth place in the coming into the last lap and uh, made some moves and got into third and won me a trophy and a ribbon and I was a big four-wheeling ATV guy back in the day, man. I absolutely loved it. I did it every weekend. It was that was like my big thing. Wow. Yeah. Weird banana land once again. Banana land. Well, I, I tell you this to, to bring this back full circle. When we get out to Vegas and we do episode ten, and we have the opportunity to really kind of get to know our listeners and see all of the crowds of the people that'll be swarming here, and we'll have a few other of our friends there with us. Are we going to do an over-under bet on who lasts the longest without puking or taking the dip out? I'll win. I'll win. Yes, I'll do that in two seconds. Oh, yeah? Oh, okay. Then yes. It's on. It's, it's yeah. on. I, right. I, I feel very confident about that. So you mean you're in and the fact that you're going to outlast me in this? Yes, I will last longer than you. And is, it, is it to the puke level or the pass-out level? Puke. Okay. All right. I will, I will puke. All right. I have zero percent chance I'll puke. What are... Oh, I won't puke. Who's well, going to take it yeah. out first? Uh, not me. Wait, do we do like? Do I get to pick a brand? Can I like ask my friends what brand they use? Or yeah, do yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm ta- I, I'm I'm going to be sponsored by Kodiak. Is there like a Virginia Slim kind? <laughs> no, but I I think uh, you know what. As we talk about this, I don't think you should be able to go to like the fruity ones. I think you need to no. go oh. right. Say no skull cherry, none of that kind of stuff. I think you're just going to have to go kind of skull straight cut, Copenhagen, uh, Wintergreen, or uh, Kodiak. It's in the name of the podcast. This isn't called two sissy guys being dudes. Right. It's two guys being dudes. There's going to be no flavors, none of this stuff. I'm going to have a cutoff shirt on. I'm going into this, and I'm trying to win this thing. What's going to be the beverage of choice to go along with this? Water. Jesus, water. (laughs) We're going to be in Vegas, man. I'm going to be like, just give me water. Uh, no, I, I think you got to go uh, probably butt heavy. Oh, see, that's interesting. Okay. Gotcha. I was a natty light guy back in those days. So. Man, I, I think the butt heavy would be a little bit more, uh, that can keep you afloat so you're not puking everywhere. So. All righty. So what are we putting on this bet? <clears throat> uh, we'll talk, we'll, let's talk off air on that. We'll, we'll, we'll get something special for him next time. Okay. Perfect. We'll, we'll, we'll let everybody know. So I think we should shift now to the world of politics. Just right in my wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. So it's uh, I don't think we broach the subject much because it's uh, so, you know, decisive and uh, with uh, our listeners. But I do think we can all rally around the new White House director of communications. The mooch, the mooch, baby. Anthony Skookamooka Mumachi, whatever his name is. My I'm a fan favorite. He's got me into politics. This guy, as far as I know, he's only had a job for one week. He said that some dude is annoying and tries to suck his own dick. He, oh, he said he won't be annoying like some other dude who tries to suck his own dick. His wife had a baby. He texted her and said, congrats. She filed for divorce the very next day. He used a Joe Paterno quote in a, one of his White House meetings, a Joe Paterno quote, the guy thinks he's off record all the time. He's always on record, dresses to the tens, always has the duck face going on. He is a Sopranos extra. There is absolutely, positively nothing that can stop me from Googling his name every single day. I am all about the mooch, Jason. Well, you know, I find it uh, very interesting that the, the mooch has brought you back into the world of politics. Well, first off, I never left. I've been I've been following Trump for a while there, brother. Yeah, well, I, I think what I found the most curious was the fact that um, when they hired Scarmucci, within seconds, Sean Spicer resigned. And not only did he resign, his next professional career move appears that it's going to be dancing on the stars. So when you hate your job and your boss so much that you run away and maybe do the most humiliating thing possible, I think that says a lot about his former boss with Mr. Trump and his new boss, Mr. Scarmucci or the Mooch. The um, Mooch, baby. The Mooch. I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a little taken aback. I know it seems like he's being very well received uh, by the conservative side, 
they like his uh, his uh, aggressiveness, his straight to the point kind of demeanor. Uh, he does seem to be like a little bit of a Napoleonic complex to me because I think he's like five seven, five five. I think he's a shorter kind of guy. Uh, but the fact that he just uh, basically texted his wife, congrats on having a baby, and then she filed for divorce immediately afterwards, that says a lot about a guy. Hey, you know what? I just want to say congrats to him on the sex, too. I mean, that's awesome, man. I love this dude. They're like, like I said, it's Sunday night, so he's like, man, big week coming up next week. Like, that's how, at least that's how I am about when it comes to work. I'm like, okay, what am I thinking just look at the just napalm bombs he dropped last week. How can he ever touch what he just did? Like, how can he be like, man, case of the Mondays? It's like, no, dude, you just had the case of the weeks. Like, <laughs> what you just did, it would take a normal person in like three months. Now, this kind of gets the one thing that I didn't know when this was conversation started on episode 5A. I did not know that he was an investment banker, Wall Street guy. Right. So I had already decided that we would play the net worth game with our boy Mooch. And so Jason dropped some knowledge, which saved me big time. Because I, I would not have guessed that. Well, I knew uh, that he was with Goldman Sachs. Uh, I knew that he was in the investment world. Uh, and don't forget, I thought, I thought they found him under the Olive Garden. So that's how far <laughs> off I was. So I was way off. I don't think it's that too many shades away for him to be at an Olive Garden. <laughs> hey, you do not talk about Mooch like that. And by the way, in our text chains from now on, I'm just going to be texting faces that Mooch makes constantly. How? So do you think he'll have his own uh, emoticon here soon? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he has to. And by, he's the best reality show. He's the best thing going on right now. Now, people don't exactly want to know what's going on with Trump. They want to know about the Mooch. This and sounds like a way, conspiracy theory to me, Jared. Wrong. That, no. I, I know conspiracy theory Jared's corner. This is not in that corner. This is the truth. People want to know more about the Mooch. I'm not the only one, man. Slick back hair, completely. There's just nothing this guy can't do. He did all of that in one week. He had a kid, got a divorce, quoted Joe Pa, and said that Steve Bannon's sucking his own dick. That is just, that is coming in hot. Like I said, whenever I start a job or anything like that, I just take a look around the first few weeks, kind of get my feet underneath me, get things going. This dude is just gunslinging from the beginning. I, I cannot wait till I'm done working on Monday so I can Google his name and just see what he did on Monday. Because you know it's going to be wild. Wow. And the, the guy in one of his quotes says, this is off the record, right? And the guy was pretty much didn't say anything back. That is, he's quoted as saying, this is off the record, right? So he thought he was saying it was off the record, but the guy was quoting him and used it in a quote. That is just pure hilarity well i think it was funny when he said uh he was accusing previous of being the leaker yeah uh, and he basically said uh, that previous was a fucking paranoid schizophrenic or something like that and then he shifted characters and he became previous and started yeah. acting like he was previous saying that he was going to leak the fucking thing to see if he can cock block that new whatever cock block scarbucci and he started chuckling about it that that takes some balls to do that in front of a live mic look at character development we're seeing a lot from this moochie guy now here's a big question for you so snl they're off season right now but they're coming back early who plays the mooch do you bring in someone famous yes i think you kind of have to i don't know any snl characters names but the guy who plays Putin, I feel like he could play the mooch. Yeah. But I think they're probably going to have to bring in someone famous. No, because with uh, Spicer, of course, they had uh, Melissa her, McCarthy. Uh, Melissa McCarthy play him. So the mooch, I don't know. For some reason, I just see Tom Cruise playing the mooch because of his role. At, you know, his role in, uh, was that Tropic Thunder? Whoa. <laughs> they can't get that famous. No, I know. But I, I'm just trying to think, who who's a good... A minus B level actor that's famous enough to play the mooch. I'm terrible at this stuff. I have no idea. He kind of reminds me of Ben Affleck, but Ben Affleck's just way too tall. I don't know. That would be interesting. You know, SNL is going to be all over the mooch, though. They're not. Yeah, they're not. They don't absolutely. miss out on opportunities like that. All right, so so what's just the let everybody know. Yeah, just let everybody know what we did for um, the guessing game for the uh, net worth. Net worth. 
Uh, before anything started, and I didn't know he was from the Olive Garden, I had him at $6.9 million. Nice. Um, once Jason started talking to me and kind of figured some things out, or I figured some things out, I put him up to $690 million. So I went up a lot. I times his net worth by 100 And my Jason, deal was, I said $500 million, but then no. I, no, I said $500 million, but oh, yeah. remember, I knew he was divorced once, and I figured this other divorce was coming in. So I took his net worth down to 195 million. And, and by the way, that woman he divorced before, she was a bitch. <laughs> I, I already know that because I like the mooch, man. I already know that. Um, by the way, his net worth ended up being 1.5 billion dollars. First off, great victory, Jared. Thanks, Jared. Second off, this is the greatest guy of all time. Like I would like to see everybody else who was the speaker of the whatever for the president, blah blah blah, and what their net worth was. This dude is the highest net worth, hands down. This guy doesn't give a fuck what you say. He doesn't care at all. He's just going to say it. Like, none of the stuff he did this week is going to stop him from doing his job this week. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I absolutely love that a guy who's $1.5 billion is speaking for Donald Trump. That's just wild. So uh, I, he's, he's slightly worth a little less than Trump. Stop it. Right? Right? Trump's... Until we see the tax returns, we don't know what anybody's worth. <laughs> okay. All right. We, we can't even play the net worth game with Trump. It's impossible. You never know what's going to be true or not. Well, I do think that this is only the beginning of the mooch, and we're going to have a long, long time talking about him. I think in episode 5A, we tried to do an over-under how long he was going to make it, and you swore your allegiance to him and said that he's never leaving as long as you believe. I seriously think he might end up just running our nation for infinity. Like, I think it just might become his thing. I'm dead serious. I could right now be like, the mooch kicked the dog and threw it down an escalator and it died. And you'd be like, that sounds like the mooch. (laughs) You could just just make up. You know what we could do? I could just not look up mooch stuff next week. You could make a, 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 B, C, or D. And just see if I guess right what the mooch did and what the mooch didn't do. And I'd probably get it wrong because this dude just doesn't care. I need more of the mooch. More of the mooch. So did you get a chance to catch UFC? Yes, sir. Last night. It was on for like 47 hours straight, I think. (laughs) UFC 214. Probably one of the more anticipated cards. Probably the best card in, in, in close to a year that actually came together where everybody could fight. So, of course, the lead... Uh, the the main event was Mr. John Bone Jones versus Daniel Cormier, uh, which is, I think, uh, we'd waited for 18 months or more to see that actually yeah. come place, maybe longer than that. Uh, I guess 20 months, I think. Yeah, 20 months on there. And then uh, uh, my favorite fight uh, that I was looking most forward to was um, Donald Cerrone versus Robbie Lawler because I liked both of those quite a bit. I thought it was going to be a good matchup. I thought it was going to be a really good fight. Uh, how about you? What did you? What was your big win of the night there? This is so easy for me. Cyborg went against a bag of mayonnaise. Uh, <laughs> for you guys who don't know, there's a woman who fights in the UFC. Her name's Cyborg. Um, she's been busted for steroids twice. I don't care if I'm being sexist here. She looks exactly like a dude. Um, she is just unbelievable at 145. Like she is a tank. And she was going to go against the woman who originally had the belt. That woman just retired. She was like, nah, I'm good. I don't need to fight this woman. The next girl, something happened with her. She just pulled out two weeks before. So they scanned the nation to find the best fighter she could go against. And they found a bag of mayonnaise. I don't even know her name. She looked like Tanya Harding. Uh, she She had gained 10 pounds. She gained it all around the waist. She had a terrible, terrible... Uh, tattoo right on her belly button and she could take a punch um i may have put some money on the match and i said she would get knocked out in the first round not this bag of mayonnaise this bag of mayonnaise fought she could take a punch she made it all far i'm pretty sure she got ended late in the second but she was just eating punches man it was it's the most impressive thing i've seen from miracle whip in a long time for them to actually have a fighter like that bag of mayonnaise had a chin Uh, i i tell you i was impressed with uh, her ability to absorb those punches. She got in a few licks, too. She actually got a few hits in, which impressed me. I think Cyborg was just being very patient at the deal and all that. My greatest line that I saw out of that as we were doing our normal uh, texting back and forth in our group chat was uh, the, the line that came across that said, uh, 
Not sure if Cyborg could join the U.S. military at this moment. <laughs> I still thought that was a clever line <laughs> that uh, good. blended our politics in and Cyborg's uh, unknown XY chromosome count. So it was kind of an interesting deal. But again, that fight was... It wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. I think I would have lost a shit ton of money on that one because I would have had that there would have been a knockout in the first round. Oh, I bet it. It was giving 400, and I bet it. I'm like, this this bag, as soon as I saw the bag of mayonnaise, I'm like, there's no way. Like, you are going to, and she got crushed in the first round. Yeah. Let's not act like she was dancing around. Like, the, that bag was taking some blows to it, man. And it, the worst thing was is she made it through the first round, so that meant we got to see slow motion highlights of her stomach getting punched. <laughs> well, Ooh, I could. Well, she had to gain, right? That. She had to gain ten pounds, right, to make 10 weight. Ten pounds, man. To make weight, and you're right. The way she gained that ten pounds is the way that I would have gained ten pounds. It had nothing Tutors. to do with. Yeah. <laughs> How about this, Jason? Do you like mayonnaise? Can you eat mayonnaise? Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm a, I'm off and on with mayonnaise, man. I don't uh, mayonnaise and me just aren't really in the. I just don't know what makes mayonnaise. Egg whites. That's a Jason. A Jason explains like I what makes like how do you make mayonnaise? Eggs and oil. I would have never. That's all it is. <laughs> I would have never known there's eggs and mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah. Like Miracle Whip is the unknown one, right? Miracle Whip is the oh, chemically really? created thing, right? That's uh, oh I didn't know that. I yeah, know well that. mayonnaise typical mayonnaise is just oil and eggs, so. Well, oil and eggs lost in the second round, guys. Just to go ahead and let you know. But uh, so the fights were all good. Like I said, I really liked it. Um, the the big problem that we did have was the Maya Woodley fight. When you got two contrasting styles like that, one guy's a wrestler, one guy's just got to punch you in the face. That's always tough. Now it could. A lot of times when you have those kind of matchups, it's great because one guy will get a, a, a takedown real quick, and when they get back up, the other guy's punching a bunch of times. But Maya was like 0 for two bajillion on takedowns in that fight. Woodley's just too strong, too good. So it ended up being a little bit of a boring fight. I think for me and you, Jason, it's entertaining. But I know people who are watching it that are just kind of novice. I was watching with someone who was very novice and was like, why aren't they doing anything? And it's like, well, both of them are absolute killers. Yeah. So you can't do anything. Yeah, the crowd didn't much appreciate it. And I can understand. I think the biggest problem was the fact that uh, Damian Maya is probably top of the world right now when it comes to jujitsu and takedowns, right? He's incredible. And if he gets you on the ground, you're going to lose the fight. It's that simple. So Woodley, the champion of course was super sensitive to that and did an amazing job blocking all those down. He just had no other offense, a slight punch every here, every once in a while. So, but like you said, I enjoyed the fight um, and the strategy that was deployed, but overall it was kind of boring. Yeah. Which then kind of runs right into the main event. Uh, John Bones Jones and uh, Daniel Cormier. Uh, as as you probably are well aware, Jared, I'm a, a strong Daniel Cormier fan. I enjoy him. I, I think he's a, a class act in the way that a champion should be held. Uh, not even a champion, just anybody that should kind of walk around with that kind of level of... Uh, public notoriety that it's nice to see somebody that's just not a dirt bag at the end of the day, which a lot of these guys turn out are. So I've always liked Daniel Cormier. I felt very, very bad for him when that kick came through and knocked the bejeebers out of him. He ain't going to be right for a couple days, man. Yeah. That was a tough kick. Um, For you guys that don't know, Bones has gone through a lot in his career. He's been suspended. He's had drugs. He's wrecked his car into a pregnant woman's car, left the scene, ran back to get his marijuana and money, and then left the scene again. So um, he went through a lot to get back to where he was. Um, he stopped him in the third round, correct, Jason? Yeah, yeah third, third round. round. Yeah. Stopped him in the third round. Um, afterwards, I, he, di- he didn't fire on DC afterwards. He was very nice and while DC was in La La Land. Um, so that, I'm that fairly was certain. Nice. I'm fairly certain it was... Uh, Daniel was on to winning all three of those rounds. I, I'm the first one might be kind of argumentative who won it. Second round was totally dominated by Cormier. The third round was dominated by Cormier until he got kicked in the head. Uh, and then um, it all shifted. My review of the first round is really good. Um, I fell asleep. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was just dead asleep during the first round because this thing went off at like one forty-five in the morning. Like, that was just killing me how long it took. I know you're central time, so you don't care at all. But I, I seriously like woke up and I was like, 
round two and i was like well wait what? they just skipped over round one um so no i will i will say that i thought dc was holding himself very well but i in, in my mind i saw that bone jones would come through strong third fourth fifth i think yeah. his stamina is more because i hate to say it dc kind of looks like a bag of chocolate mayonnaise out there so i thought the stamina side would really heavy or go heavy with bones there which it clearly did at the end which speaking of the end jason my boy Bones called out Brock Lesnar. What'd you think? Uh, you know, I'd seen some speculation on the net about it, right? But I wasn't sure if those were actually just, hey, we're trying to hype up this fight, blah, 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 blah. But when he specifically called out Brock Lesnar and said, if Brock Lesnar wants to know what it feels like to be have his ass kicked by somebody that weighs 40 pounds less than him, I guess it's on. Um, you know, and as we talked about in episode 5A, <laughs> um, if you start to think about it, there's uh, a good chance that that fight of being probably nine months out, Jones can probably put on 20 pounds of real muscle and weight on there. So the difference is going to be reduced dramatically. Um, you know, I think as we were talking before, what's surprising to me is the UFC's ability to like and want to do these catch fight weights, but this is going to be the biggest money fight they could create right now. Well, here's one thing we don't know and we won't know um, is how long until Brock has to come back. How like what what restriction USADA? If anybody doesn't know, Brock is suspended right now from the UFC, but then he retired, so he's like kind of not suspended. It's really weird. So we don't know when USADA is going to let him come back in. Um, but we know catchweight is the money the money play now. Everybody is going to want to fight at a catchweight. Like how we said, Tyrone Woodley's match was boring. Well, guess what? His next match is probably going to against, be against Conor McGregor, and that's going to be the money grab, and it's not going to be boring. Like, that's going to be entertaining. So all this stuff is – this is the way that UFC has to be because it was bought for $4.1 billion. So they need fights that are just going to draw people in. The name Brock Lesnar can draw for the next five years if they wanted to draw. Um, they'll do whatever they can to get Brock Lesnar back. They'll do whatever they can to get anybody back to fight because this this new – regime of ufc needs to make money and they need to make money fast yeah it's uh i i would pay to watch that fight because when he first said it i think the very first thing i text you was oh my god brock lesnar would kick jones's ass but given some retrospect and then you brought the world of vegas to me so i was thinking of the same along the lines that jason was right in this fight when you think of bones jones speed and stamina and you think of Brock Lesnar, who's just, I mean, this guy gets on top of you, you're not going to be able to breathe kind of situation. Um, what we found out was John Jones is a 3-1 to one favorite, um, which is unbelievable. just un- unbelievable. Vegas is pretty much saying, Brock Lesnar, we don't believe you at all, 0%. You are going to get worked. And the, the size difference is just staggering to automatically think that. But with John Jones' ability to be his athleticism to move around and not be tackled by someone like Brock Lesnar. That could be big. And we don't know how much time is Brock Lesnar going to drop. A lot of people don't know this. He's the WWE world heavyweight champion. He's going to fight at SummerSlam. Is he losing his belt at SummerSlam? And is, and he's just going to back away for a while and train for UFC. That would probably be the smartest thing to do. If, if I'm Brock Lesnar, that's what I'm aiming for. Right? Because I know the payday is substantial. How many months of training do you think Brock has to do before he fights John? Three. Three months. Oh, um, yeah. I think it's got to be six to nine because the way that John is, you have, it, it has to be something you're automatically dedicated to more than a level of the WWE. But I'm wondering if I catch weight, what Brock has to drop to, if anything. And if he doesn't have to drop much, Brock is not going to be learning new techniques at this point. Brock's going to do the same thing. He's going to grab you, smother you, get on top and ground and pound you. And but that ring, shape, ring shape's a, a totally different thing than a WWE shape. Oh, I totally agree, but I think it takes three months. I don't think it takes six months to get there because, listen, Brock is only going to win this fight if it ends in the first or second round. He's not going to win if it goes five rounds because there's no way he can carry that much weight and chase John Jones out of catch weight at any kind of thing like that. So I, if I'm not training for that, I'm training for the explosiveness. I'm training for everything that it possibly takes. And, you know, and as we said before, you know, Brock has shown the ability to take a hit by probably the hardest hitters in MMA. So I'm not too discouraged. I'll tell you right now, if it's three to one, John Jones, I'm putting money on Lesnar. 
I just, once again, I wanted to get closer. I want to know what the catch weight is. Yeah. Um, I have no – Bones is going to put the weight on. Bones is legacy now, so Bones is thinking about something else. But Brock's got a lot to prove, saying that he came off a USADA suspension where, I mean, he looked okay against Hunt. But you'd think that Brock would really want to prove something too. And they both have fun fighting. So that's why that you want to see the match is clearly they want to have a fun match in the same way that I think Woodley and Connor would. By the way, UFC – Cannot wait to get Connor back. Oh my God! How many times did they show a highlight that oh Connor involved last night? Jesus! Yeah. I tell you what, though, I think this will be a bigger produced fight than what Mayweather Connor is, since it'll be exclusively in the hands of UFC, right? So if you have Brock Lesnar and John Jones, while not as big in the boxing world, I think the the hype, especially within the MMA world will just be like nothing we'd ever seen. And then undercard bag of mayonnaise. Bag of mayonnaise is fighting. <laughs> she's getting her rematch after she's trained and they fight at a catch weight where she actually can fight at a lower weight. And then, you know, I mean, uh, it was just, that was unbelievable, man. I mean, it was really, I can't believe she fought in that fight. Hey, I can't believe she made it to the first round. I can't believe I lost money on the bag of mayonnaise bet. Like, I was just, that was just, and I loved when they were showing her highlights, and it was like at the Ohio State Fair. Oh, I know. It was her rolling, rolling on the couch with her younger sister. That was <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, but you All know. right. It's time to go to our favorite uh, segment, the draft. All righty. This, this is where me and Jason draft teams let you guys rank who did better. Um, oh, I'd like to call somebody out, one of our listeners. The Craig, um, I saw that he didn't like uh, me talking about Brian Cardinal, the janitor. Um, hey, Craig, I don't give a shit. It's my podcast. This is my list. And guess what? The janitor is a great name. They didn't give him the custodian. They gave him the janitor. He's a professional athlete being compared to a janitor. That's an all-timer. Take your spud web shit and get out of my Facebook mentions. You're terrible, Craig. You know what? I'm going to rank the top worst listeners, one, two, and three. Craig. Craig, Craig, onto the list. I will tell Today's you this. Draft. I will tell you this. Uh, I've known Craig for a very long time. He used to produce a podcast that we were on previously who did a wonderful job. And Craig, from what I could tell, is probably our most intelligent listener because he understands the quality of a good list and he understands the quality of a good podcaster. So in my book, Craig ranks very, very near the top of this. And I hope one day we can have Craig on so we can finally bring back the original three people of the podcast and see if the magic still exists. Unlike Jason Adams, I'm not going to try to suck my own dick. Mooch, baby! Mooch! Sorry, I had to call him back. Uh, All right, so go ahead and explain explain, uh, the draft for this week for us. Okay, so this is going to be most rewatchable movies for us. Um, how I look at this is if this movie is on during the NFL, am I going to switch the channel from an NFL football game to try to catch a good line in the movie or a good section of the movie? Um, if there's two football games on and I'm going to this movie, then you know this is a banging movie. It's like it's an all-timer. So we're going to draft it. Uh, you, people are going to disagree with us. We're going to have different genres and all that stuff, but – this is the best. I think this is a great list. Um, it'll really show you. It'll, it'll bring some memories back on each movie for what it is. And uh, I think I'm going to win. So, yeah. All right. So, Jared, give me your first pick. Uh, this is so easy. Uh, probably the greatest movie of all time. Definitely the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Die Hard. Um, what can't this movie do? Um, there's just – it gives you a great glimpse in the 80s. Just everything about this movie is just completely amazing. The, the quotes, though, really set it back. Welcome to the party, pal. is just amazing. Um, Hans, booby, I could be a white knight. I mean, that's just classic. Guys doing cocaine during the thing. That's just wild. He, uh, John is out there stepping on glass. There's This movie has everything. FBI is complete morons. Guns everywhere. Terrorism. I absolutely love that. I got to tell you right now, Die Hard, if it's on and the Super Bowl is on, I'm not watching Super Bowl commercials. I'm hitting up Die Hard. Nice. That is a solid Long first pick. Long live John McClane. Long live John McClane. Solid first pick. I'll give you props. Not on my list, so I, I don't feel like I've lost anything in this draft so far, so I'm happy about that. 
I think it's a good quality pick. Um, for me, rewatchable usually entails something that I laugh at, right? Because I don't want to rewatch something that's going to piss me off or bore me or make me sad. So what immediately jumps to number one in my spot is Caddyshack. Oh, Probably classic. great lines, incredible movie, rewatchable at any point. You enter into the movie, you're just going to jump right in between Aykroyd and Murray. I, I don't know if there's a funnier movie that I've watched that has stood the test of time. I love it. And again, it's one of those things. If football game's on, you're right. Unless the Bears are playing, I'm probably switching over. I'm watching tons of it and then catching the scores. One thing that's tough with Caddyshack, I'm just thinking of, it's tough to catch it on a network that doesn't edit. True, true. And you don't, that movie, you cannot have that movie edited. There's too many things that they will cut out that are classic in that movie. But that's an absolute, that's a slam dunk movie. And, you know, we, we talked about this in the first episode. There's so many funny things that happen where I said that, like, when they first shot it, it was four and a half hours long. Right. Right. And then the interesting part is that there was never a scene in the first four and a half hours where Murray and Aykroyd were in the same scene until they later then added when he actually knocks the ball into Bill Murray's little shed there and they have the whole conversation. When he says he's going to vacuum up or whatever, and he uses the bull. Oh, it's such a great movie. Such a great movie. Uh, all right. Number two for me. This is uh, super simple. Um, one of my favorite movies of Die all time. Die Hard 2. <laughs> hey, whoa, man. No, I, no, there's no more John McClane on my list. Uh, no more John McClane. But I do love me some John McClane. Uh, this one's just a classic all around. Um, I think everybody, it changed the game of movies when it came out. Had a huge star named Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. We're talking Terminator, baby. Twins? Oh, Terminator. Okay, let me write that Terminator. No, no, no. No, yeah. no twins. But Terminator, <laughs> here's why. Terminator scared the shit out of me as a kid. And then later on, I was like, you know what? There's nothing to be scared of. That movie scares the shit of me out of me again because that shit's going to happen, man. We're going to figure out time travel if we already haven't, by the way. And there's going to be robots walking around like that. Like, that shit's going to happen now. Skynet, that shit's real. Yeah. No, I think that's a great pick. That is a, a good... I, to me, I don't know if it falls in the I'm going to watch it all the time because I oh, do the like... the music, Jason. The music. Oh, you need that music. When, it, when it's on, you want to hear that music. That's some creepy-ass music. I think it's an awesome pick. It's a great movie. I don't know if it falls. It didn't fall in my rewatchable category kind of piece, but no, I agree. But I haven't seen it in a while either. So I've re- I probably got to go back and catch it again because you're right. It It's so close. I mean, when Elon Musk is quoting the fact that Skynet could be real and that AI is going to be our biggest enemy here in the future, the fact that Terminator got it right and Arnold Schwarzenegger is naked in the first 10 minutes, I understand why you like it so much. <laughs> He's got a great butt. <laughs> That's a great pick. So number two. All right. So my number two, um, still sticking kind of in the comedy swing of things. I uh, love this movie. The first time I saw it was oh probably 10 years ago, 12 years ago, maybe longer, maybe 15 years ago. It was uh, John Favreau's first film and Vince Vaughn's kind of breakout one, Swingers. Classic. Classic. Absolute classic. Not on my list. Oh, yes. Sorry. Number seven on my list. So... It could I could have gotten there at some point. Um, a lot of people may not have seen this one. It's always a weird one where you, like you quote something and people are like, "Huh, what's that?" Uh, by the way, second time on our podcast we've quoted swingers or talked about swingers, which is also a, a big win. Hey, Jason, do you know John Favreau's net worth? Uh, I could go back to guys being dudes and find out. Wait, what do do you? What was your guess? What What do you think the guess is again? I for, I totally forget. I think I guessed like five million or something like that. No, I no, think it was like fifty. Yeah, I think it was like, yeah, I think it was like fifty nine million. All right, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so no, but that's an absolute absolute classic. Definitely, uh, definitely rewatchable. Uh, my uh, third pick here. I'm gonna switch genres, going to comedy. Uh, did you not get the memo? <laughs> Office Space. Office Space. Absolute classic movie. I used to have an office, and they had a window, and I could see the squirrels, and they were, they played merrily. Just so quotable. It's a game where you jump to conclusions. TPS reports. It's just such – and everybody's had that shitty job where they just want to blow everything up. There's just – I absolutely love it. And the, the biggest – I think my favorite thing with Office Space, it kind of goes along with, like, Tito's Vodka. It just kind of is your brand. Uh, someone introduces you to office space, then you introduce 20 more people to office space. Nobody saw it in the theater. I, I've never met one person who was like, yeah, I saw that in the theater. 
I don't even know if it went to the theater. It's that and another one that could be on your list. I don't think it is, so I'm just going to say it. Grandma's Boy. These movies that come mm. out of nowhere where it's just like, whoa, like, yeah. And the quote machines that come out of it are just amazing. So if Office Space is on, I'm definitely going over there. Um, once again, it's another one, not many cuss words. So if you want to see the O face, you really don't have to worry about it. So I'm telling you, that's, that's a home run. That's a home run. Office Space on my list, not in my top five. I had a feeling that was going to sneak into your top five. Uh, but I did have it as a backup in case you didn't use it because I thought that was going to be a great pick. Uh, absolute from a quote standpoint, oh my God, just un, I mean, you know, just goes on the TPS reports. You just keep going on and on. Great stars in it. Love that. Hell, Hell Lumberg Fuckter is one of the great. <laughs> I, just, I just yell that out. I just want to walk down the street sometimes. Like, that's one of the greatest of all time. All righty. Well, I'm going to shift slightly away from comedies into one I know that doesn't reside on your list whatsoever. Uh, but one of my favorite movies that I've watched many, many times, and I don't think we've ever spoken about it, Hoosiers. Oh, come on. Oh. The rewatchability of that movie is so good. Dennis Hopper is amazing at it. It's oh, my amazing. God. Gene Hackman as Coach Norman Dale. Oh. One of the greatest, such a quotable movie. Love that movie. I'll watch it a time because it's in that sports genre. So for me, it's the difference with Hoosiers and I hope I'm not wrecking your list and Rudy are side by side on those. But I've always, I watched Hoosiers so much earlier that I love that movie and I still watch it today. When it's on, I always get caught. Say, I've seen it like, I've seen that like twice. I don't need that. That, that movie's junk. All righty. I am not a Hoosiers guy at all. Screw all of Indiana while we're at it, by the way. I'm just not, I'm not in on that at all. Number four right. for Mr. Camden. This is so easy. Um, any movie where everything is about something that you never see. Reservoir Dogs. Great movie. Great, Absolutely. Great movie. Just in the, way it's, the way it's shot isn't in time. Like Everything is like out of a time sequence. So anytime you catch up, it doesn't matter. You're just kind of catching up with what's going on. You never see the diamond heist. So you're going by everybody's word of what happened. Are you going to sit there all day and uh, bark? Are you going to bite, dog? Uh, there's so many. Uh, the fact that there's seven hearsts in the room, and you don't really realize, or a hearse, and there's seven caskets right. in the room they're all standing in. The nicknames, the not wanting the tip, that's an absolute classic. Tarantino's first movie, Reservoir Dogs, set. It, was a, it cost him a million dollars to make that movie. What's amazing about that is not only is it on your list, but it's in your list at the number four slot. And it's on my list in the number four slot. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think we can both agree that uh, since you took it in the draft, that's a, that opens up a door for a couple for me. But I will. There was a part of me that was going to move Reservoir Dogs to number one. Yeah. How much I like it. But I knew that I probably watch comedies more because they're quicker. I can get in and get out and like it. Reservoir Dogs is a suck in. Like if it's on. I don't change back to the NFL. I watch it all the way through because I love Uh every part of it. So see, I love every part of it, but because it's so chopped up, I like to get in and out of it. No, I like just all the way through, but that's a great picture. And I'll I'll take my hat off to you on that one. Uh, My new number four, which was now my number five, but everything shifted up my number five, because I knew you would never pick this. I think I introduced you to this. Probably one of the rarest movies that I'll watch over and over and over and over and laugh my ass off over and over again because of how funny the whole thing turns out being is a movie called Exit Through the Gift Shop. Shit, I should have taken it. I should have stolen it so early. It it may very well be my number one. I knew I could get away with not having it too high in the list because I didn't think Jared would take it. But for those that don't know, it is a documentary about what was supposed to be about the artist Banksy. But it really shifts into more of an understanding about a character known in the commercial world as Mr. Brainwash, who is a French photographer who ends up following all of these awesome street artists and records everything on tape. And he has hundreds of thousands of hours of this incredible behind the scenes artwork that is being done on these buildings because it's slightly illegal, kind of illegal. And 
the way they edited this movie and the way you watch it, it's a roller coaster of you're never knowing where you're getting on and getting off. And at the end of the day, you just sit back and you just smile when it ends because it's such a great movie. But there's certain parts during the middle of the movie that are completely mind-blowing. So I love that movie. I'd say just like the last scene where he spray paints, life is beautiful. Life is it beautiful. is an absolute beautiful movie. Anybody who's listening to this, if you haven't seen it, write it down, exit through the gift shop. It's just a great look at Banksy as well. I mean, it's a really cool look at that, but it's also just like a guy. It's it's like seeing a pro athlete when they make a jump where it's like, oh, that guy. It's just, it's uncanny what happens to this guy and how it happens. So that is a great pick. Not on my list, but as soon as you start talking, I'm like, shit, that would have been the best of steal from you. <laughs> All right, so this is our last pick, huh? Number five for you. This one's easy. Schindler's List. Oh, I mean, I'm no, sorry. No, sorry. sorry <laughs> That's on. That. That's it. Uh, Record it down. Thought, it's thought marked that was down. A di- that was for a different list. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that list later on. Um, this last one is uh, a movie that I slept on because I had fatigue because of the actor. So I didn't catch it until it came out on whatever night. I rented it one night after having a few drinks. From Blockbuster? <laughs> no, 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 just on. But I was like crying because of how funny it was, and it has one of my other favorite characters in it. So rewatchable. My finished pick: Step Brothers. Nice. I absolutely, positively love Step Brothers. There, it's just John C. Riley is in one of my favorite TV shows of all time, as you know. Um, so I'm a big, big John C. Riley guy, and I mean Will Ferrell. Did such a good job on this. Now, I'm not a Talladega Nights guy. I, I stay away from that. Um, old school is okay, all that stuff. I think this, to me, is the best Will Ferrell has ever been. Um, I think Step Brothers is absolutely brilliant. And if anybody out there likes Step Brothers, Google Elf Step Brothers pre- prelude. Yeah. And there's a, there's a story out there that Elf is actually the character from Step Brothers before they had the same mom they have a bro- it's it's a very interesting theory um conspiracy Jared doesn't think it's true but it's a very interesting theory so that's the end of my list Jason what do you got at the end good pick you know that's uh I, I like Step Brothers not on my list uh a lot of Will Ferrell stuff in there from Anchorman to yeah. uh going through there there were a lot I had a couple comedies early I have uh, two comedies that are hovering right here I couldn't decide on and then I also have a drama and I so my two comedies that didn't make my number five would be Tommy Boy and Happy oh, Gilmore. I had, <laughs> I, I, well, I had Billy Madison. I had all three of those. I'm not yeah. going to lie to you. I had all three of those. So, so I, I had that, but I wanted, I figured I needed to mix my list up a little. And for me, the drama intense movie that I needed to kind of end up my list was Full Metal Jacket. No, not a fan. Oh, man. Such a, a great fan. movie. Stanley Kubrick. I think uh, see, but to jump in, to like jump in and watch that movie, there's so many parts because what you get is two different movies. I don't. That's what I don't like about it. I thought the first part was crap, and I thought the second part was crap. Well, I think you're sadly mistaken. There's some great quotable lines in there that I don't want to repeat because I don't feel like putting that out in the air. But I'm telling you, the movie's just awesome all the way through. Because I looked at, I thought Apocalypse Now, which I love. But that, that's it, what I thought you were going to say. I, I was going to go there. But the problem with Apocalypse Now is you really need to get involved from the very beginning to Oops. seven and a half hours later. And you can't do that. You could go through an entire NFL season and try to catch parts of it and still not understand that movie. That's why I went with uh, Full Metal Jacket. Did you know they made a director's cut of Apocalypse Now and it's six hours long? Oh, yeah. I know. I know. What the I, fuck is that about? Like, I have it. You- I've never actually tried to watch it all the way through. I've never found a six hour window I have available. Uh, so I would, I'm just not a full Metal Jacket guy. Like I, I, I call, I've seen it twice. That's it. I, I won't say I've like I've seen it more than that. I saw it when I was in high school. Saw it when I was in college. I'll gladly go give it another look, look see. But for me, it just didn't hit the way a war movie I thought would hit me. Like it was just kind of like, almost like a propaganda thing to me. The way it was like, I was just like, I'm not in on this at all. Yeah. Well, I, I, to me, it's one of the great ones. I, I was going to probably put Tommy Boy. So it's such an easy pick there. So is Happy Gilmore. Such easy ones, but I thought I figured I needed to get a drama in there as well. So I'm just going to run this over. So when I put this up on the side, we all are all in agreement here. Jared's list: Die Hard, Terminator, Office Space, Reservoir Dogs, Step Brothers. Solid list. I can't argue with that. Uh, you've got some 
amazing picks there. My list is a little more eclectic, I think. I think it's uh, this may not hit everybody the same way, but I have Caddyshack, which to me wins the ter- wins the competition right away. No way. Office Space wins the competition. Nah. Office Space Office Space is a better movie than Caddyshack. Well, you can see the age difference is really taking place here because I love Office Space, but Caddyshack's a better movie. Swingers, no. Hoosiers, Exit Through the Gift Shop, and Full Metal Jacket. If I was required to watch five movies in a row... I'm very, very happy with my picks, and I'm sure you're happy with your picks. So we'll just have to let our listeners decide. If you want, go to facebook.com slash two guys being dudes, and you can vote on our posts there. We'd be interested to get some feedback. Our last one, we had some very good critical feedback provided, uh, but by three people. So what we're really hoping for is to see some more feedback now and let Jared understand why he's wrong again. Fuck you, Craig. <laughs> All uh, right. We're moving on. I, I got my, uh, I have not told you this of what I want you to explain this week. So we're going, we're flying off the hip right now. So this week's Jason explains, let me, let me give you some background. My company makes me get health checkups, which by the way, banging a plus guy over here. Not true at all. Something about my cholesterol something like that. But, um, so when I went in, I have to give blood and this nice woman, she was 31 years in and I calmly asked her, how do they make needles? And she goes, I've been here 31 years. I've never even thought of that. How do they make needles? Jason, how the hell do you make a needle? Like a needle for, a, for giving a shot or drawing blood? Yeah. How do you get it to be that small and that perfect where it like goes in? Like, What machine makes a needle? A needle-making machine. <laughs> no, but how does it start? Like, so it how starts it as a sheet. It- it starts as a sheet, a flat sheet, and then it's rolled into a tube and then ground all and then wound all the way down and then they sharpen the ends. Well, slow. Okay. <laughs> you took it from a Pringles can to something that can slide into my like body. Like well, how just, do they well, how, remember what do you mean scale it down? scale size is really it doesn't is not an issue here, right? So the way this happens, I believe they take a single sheet of whatever material they're gonna use to make these. Cause now glass Glass needles, I'm not as sure because there are glass needles, right? But metal needles, I'm fairly certain they take a sheet using a machine and it simply takes and folds it over into a a circle-like thing and then does it on a very small scale so that it's so small that it's like rolling pasta, like rolling a single sheet of pasta with a tube with a hole in the inside. Does that make sense? Absolutely not. I'm going to go with my theory. Uh, (laughs) stick with me here needle trees needle trees okay yeah they just come from trees i mean it's the only explanation i don't understand how you could get something to be so you're saying like a sheet of metal like to twist it like you're like rolling a cigar and then it like it goes through a grinder is what you said like does it go through a machine that squeezes it down no 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 so just imagine if you were going to try to make a straw right and you wanted to take a sheet of aluminum foil and make a straw you would simply roll it so that you would have a uh, cylinder type shape right and then yeah. you would simply wind it tighter at the bottom to make it smaller at the bottom but describe what what winds it tighter what winds tighter you actually make smaller turns with the circumference of the metal to make it smaller at the bottom. Just think, take a sheet of paper. Okay, okay, okay. I get what you're saying. Okay, so where, like, a needle is perfect. Like, you don't see, like, a, a line on a needle. So, I mean, you're saying, like, you take a cylinder, which means you connect two sides. How come I don't see where they connected? So, and, and by the way, how, how needles have been around forever. Like, how they do it back in the day? Like, I don't, it's like, this just makes no sense to me. Needle tree. Well, what's interesting is, if you go to Wikipedia, <laughs> Because I'm curious on this answer. It says hypodermic needles are normally made from stainless steel tube through a process known as tube drawing, where the tube is drawn through progressively smaller dies to make the needle. The end is then beveled to create a sharp point. So what we're talking about is you take this tube and you run it through these things to go smaller and smaller and smaller until that it becomes the size that can go into your vein. And then it's done. It's progressively and then it's beveled at the end to create the point all right so we'll put this up on facebook too we'll put it to a vote do you think it's needle trees it's needle <laughs> trees or do you think it's beveling or whatever the hell you just said 
By the way, just let everybody know, the woman who took my blood when I asked her that, it fucked her day up. Like, she seriously just sat there like, I've never thought, how do, do they take, and I was like, this is what I'm talking about. And I told her Needle Tree, and she didn't seem to believe Needle Tree, but I'm going to stick with Needle Tree. I like it. Nice. Well, Jerry, right, it comes to that time. Oh, it's, it's two-minute drill? Is yes. it two-minute drill time? Yeah, it's two-minute drill time, and then we'll probably be winding this episode up. Yeah, so everyone at home, you know, we watch Big Brother. We actually did talk this week. Um, me and Jason, there was something that happened we did kind of have to talk about. Um, we've had some time to reflect on what we talked about, but I don't know if we got the answers we wanted. So um, this is the two-minute Big Brother wind-up. Ready? One, two, three. Go, Jason. Well, I found it very interesting. What I got hung up on was probably the dumbest play ever made in Big Brother was not putting Paul up to be evicted against sitting next to... Um, what's his name? Can't even think of his name now. Ramses. Ramses. So Ramses was there. They were trying to evict him off. And so now we've got what is certain to be the biggest cluster of the season when our fearless uh, leader decided to announce that she was, um, what was her words that she used? That she was not able to be evicted? Safe. Yeah, she's, she was, she, she goes, I'm safe or can't be evicted for the next two weeks or something like that for people out there just imagine you have a golden ticket to go to Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory and you don't have to tell people then all of a sudden you're just telling everybody you have it it's the dumbest move of all time she lied about what she can do which is complete bullshit she messed with production so I'm sure they're they're gonna have to say something to them um but the house is in complete shambles now um Mark is just like completely losing his his mind he has no idea his girlfriend won't even talk to him I think she ended up talking to him a little bit but it is it is completely crazy how they've painted themselves into a corner. It's pretty much four people against the other eight now. And they are not going to rebound. I don't think they can rebound. By the way, I liked how when Raven um, voted out Ramsey's, she said Ramsey. Yeah. She didn't, even know, she didn't know his name. I, I was like, you got, that's hilarious. All right, yeah. you got 20 seconds, Jason. Tell me about this week. What's going to happen? So I believe that now they're going to be playing. Did we figure out who is going to be the new head of household? Paul. Paul's a new head of household. So Paul won't be able to put them up. So he's going to put Mark and his woman up. What's her name? That's not true. He can put them up and they could take themselves down. Then he can put up his teammates and be like, you caused this to happen. Huh? So you think Elena and Mark were going to go up or no? Sorry, Jason. That was two minutes. That's how you play big, big brother. Two minute warning right there. That's how it goes. I can't answer that question. (laughs) Nice. Nice. All righty. Well, it's been an awesome episode, Jared. I appreciate it. Was a, no, no, excuse me. It was a great episode and a half. I was going to say, I, I would say the quality of 5A is lost in the nether region of somewhere that I feel that our listeners have been done a great disservice because there was some quality material there. But I think we rebounded pretty strong with 5B. Uh, let me ask you a question. This is a big question. Are you recording right now? I hope to God so. I see all these red lines, <laughs> so I'm guessing it is. That's that's all I need to know. As long as it's recording, I feel good. So, and we do apologize, everyone, for not recording last week. I was in West Virginia, so we're not even going to get into it. I'm going back to West Virginia tomorrow, so we're not going to get into it. So. But I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the next episode six is actually going to be recorded live in Chicago. Yes, I will be uh, joining Jason live in his uh, humble abode, and we're going to do the podcast together. Uh, we'll have some drinks in us. I'll be on vacation, so we'll be a little bit more relaxed and. Uh, well, the next one's going to be rocking and rolling. It'll probably be Saturday. We'll probably do it on Saturday, right? Saturday. That looks like it's going to be the scheduled time right now. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jason, I think episode 5B was a success, brother. Uh, me too. So I want to thank everybody for listening. And always check up on our Facebook page at Two Guys Being Dudes. Leave us any comments. We're looking to get some special guests back on here again soon. So any ideas or areas that you want to talk about, please let us know. You suck, Craig. Follow us on Twitter at Two Guys Being Dudes, at JBCam, III, and at JFrost. Follow on Instagram at Two Guys Being Dudes. Visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Two Guys Being Dudes. And on the web at www.twoguysbeingdudes.com.